0: 2 Kings chapter 4, if you have your Bibles. How many of you have been enjoying the, the series on uh, moving your mountains and failure is not an option? God's been speaking to you and challenging you. Anybody this morning? Am I the only one? <laughs> uh, it's, you know, as you share the word of the Lord, you know, it's, it's like looking into a mirror. I'm not just, I'm not preaching at you, I'm sharing with you. Amen. I'm sharing with you the word of God, and he, he speaks to all of us uh, through his word. As you're going there to 2 Kings chapter 4 and getting ready to jot down notes and think about what God's saying and dive into scripture, I, I just want to uh, share with you uh, some, some really just awesome, something really awesome that took place yesterday. And uh, I was able to take some of our, of our leadership team to Columbus uh, our state assemblies of god office had a had a day of training and uh, so I was able to take some of our leadership team there to the training day and We had a great time we had about there was about eight of us or so that went, and uh, we all split up and were all over there was about eighty five different workshops trainings, and uh, about a thousand people there and uh, we had a great time it was just it was uh, really, really just awesome to connect, some of the leaders just to connect and spend time together. You say, well, Pastor, did you walk away with anything profound? You know what the most profound thing was that everybody walked away with? You want to know? Anybody want to know? Yeah. A couple of you. Uh, <laughs> it was, it, you know, we all go in. And I don't know if you're like me. I go into conferences and trainings and things like that. And I'm like, okay, God, I, I want to hear from you. Speak to me. Show me something that I didn't know before, open my eyes. And one of, the, one of the profound things that everybody heard, are you ready? This is so profound. One of the most profound things that everybody heard from that conference was this: We are doing things right as a church. And uh, that's awesome. That's awesome. That, you know, I didn't coerce that response, but I, believe me, I just sat there and said, "Tell me what your takeaway was." And uh, everybody came back uh, unified saying, wow, uh, we're excited about what God is doing at Celebration Church. We are on the right path. Look what God has done. And um, so anyway, we left. We had a time. And of course, there was other little takeaways that everybody had, but that was the primary. And then, have you ever been, the the Lord tends to speak to me while I'm driving for some reason. I'm not a distracted driver in that sense. I actually focus better when the Lord's speaking to me and I'm driving. But but the Lord the Lord speaks to me when I'm driving, and uh, he spoke to me on the way back. We hadn't even got out of Columbus, and um, we're driving down the road. Now I'm not going to tell you all the details because this, now's not the time for me to tell you. But I will. I'll let you know that they are coming. I will share those in time. But to, but today's not the day. But I will tell you this. Uh, We hadn't even left Columbus, and God started speaking to me about our church, and more importantly, what needs to take place over the next nine months. And uh, so I I am super excited. We spent, those that were in my car, I was driving, and those that were in my car, we spent about two hours of the drive diving into what God was saying. He gave us one one word, and we spent two hours diving into that word and what God was speaking to us uh, for what's going to take place over the next nine months. And what's going to happen in 2020. So that, those, now aren't you all intrigued? Want to know what God's going to do in 2020? Aren't you all intrigued and want to hear? I'm not going to tell you. You got to stay tuned, okay? You got to stay plugged in and connected. And you'll, you'll hear what God's going to do in 2020. Uh, but, but he confirmed it. Can I just share? I, I, oh, I just want to share a little bit. I'm so excited about this. So let, let, me, let, me, just, let me just share just a snippet. You'll be fine. Let me just share a snippet. Let me just share a snippet. When when God speaks, He confirms His word. I'm not, uh, you know, and He immediately. We were driving down the road, and the word that He spoke to me um, as we were driving down the road. There was a sign across the road, and it was the name of a street. And I thought, what does that got to do? You know, Lord, I just caught my attention. It wasn't anything profound. The word that he spoke to me is scripture. It was very clear, very evident. It was scripture based. But but just driving under this particular overpass in the, in the name of the street, I just thought, Lord, what on earth does that mean? Well, we did some research and the name of that road ties specifically into what God was saying for our church for 2020 and what's going to happen. So... I'm so excited about what's going to be taking place. You are in for an awesome journey, and uh, so the next nine months are going to be preparation. <laughs> that's it. That's that's all I'm going to tell you. The next nine months are going to be nine months of preparation for what's coming. Now, how many of you know what takes nine months to prepare for? Baby. A baby. We we know all about this. Matter of fact, by the way. Make sure that you you send congratulations to Jonathan McKenzie. They have their baby, so make sure you're praying for them, and and uh, we'll we'll have opportunity for you to be able to bless them with food and such in the future. But uh, be praying for them and baby. But but anyway, nine months of preparation, and so that every month, starting in April through December, God's given us a focus for those nine for those nine months. Every month of what He's going to be doing and what we need to do in order to prepare. For what's coming in 2020. It's that big, it's that major, it's that significant that we've got to prepare. Amen? Amen. Now I'm not going to tell you any more than that. <laughs> so don't ask. Because I still got to talk to our board and our leadership team, our core team. Because some of them are looking at me saying, what are you talking about? And so we're going to go on a journey together. But that's all I'm going to share. It's going to be awesome. You don't want to miss it. In Second Kings chapter 4. We've been jumping into this passage of Scripture. I almost, you know, it's a funny illustration. How many of you have seen Mary Poppins? Anybody seen the new Mary Poppins? I like the old Mary Poppins better. But, but, the, but nonetheless, you know how Mary Poppins just jumps into the painting on the sidewalk And the painting becomes alive. That's kind of what we're doing in 2 Kings chapter 4. The the painting is laid out before us and we've just been jumping in and it's becoming alive. And so I hope today that uh, if you haven't jumped into the artwork of God, that you'll jump in with me to the masterpiece and just begin to see the reality of God in this scripture. We find the story of the woman who was in debt. She was facing death and she was depressed. She was broke, she was bereaved, and she was in a really bad place. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? If you don't have that underlined in your Bible, I would underline it. What shall I do for you? It reminds me of Jesus when He came onto the scene with those that were ill, those that needed ministry. What is it that you need? He was asking of them. You see, when, when faith is ignited in your heart, there's a response. When God asks, what is it that you need? There's a response that's produced by that faith that's inside of you. And, she, and then He says to her, What's in your house? What's in your house? I want to pause just there. We've taken a couple of weeks to look at this. But what's in your house today? What gifts? What talents? What, is, what miracle is residing on the inside of you that you haven't released yet? What possibility has God placed within you, but you're looking at the possibility saying it's only a jar of oil. There's nothing good that's going to come out of that. You don't know how broke I am. You don't know how depressed I am. You don't know how discouraged I am. that Nothing good could come out of this situation. And yet it's the very thing that God's placed his hand on and said, what is in your house? Miracles are happening. It goes on. She says, all I have is a jar of oil. I'm going to have a jar of oil. I'm going to pour it out. That's it. And he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not just gather a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. Now, I I just want to pause there again. I I am going to preach. But but I just want to pause here and just recognize something for a moment that the man of God said to her, Exactly what was going to happen as she began to pour the oil. You see, when you're looking at this small little jar of oil and you're looking at all the vessels, how is this jar of oil going to fill everybody's Tupperware that I've just borrowed? It's impossible for this jar of oil to, go, to fill all of these vessels But Elisha prophesied to her, spoke over her and said, this is what's going to happen in your life. If we are not careful, we will come in and hear the word of God. We'll hear his message concerning us. We'll hear the prophecy concerning our life. But if we stay focused on the jar of oil and miss what God's saying, we'll never experience a miracle. If all we do is see our lack, if all we do is see our fears, if all we do is see what we don't have, we'll never pour the oil. You know, looking at these stories from from Night of Hope, if, if the ladies in the clothing room would have just looked and said, oh, she's back. Here we go again. Same old, same old. Just a jar of oil, nothing significant. She's just going through the motions, coming and getting her clothes. And never released the word of the Lord and began to pour the oil. The miracle would have never happened. Oh, there's that lady again in the wheelchair. (laughs) How many times have we prayed for her? I'm sure she's born again by now. I mean, she's been prayed over enough. But no, just being available. God, what did you say? Find my one. Find that person. I have a divine date tonight with heaven. Night of Hope is just not an event we do. God, I have a divine date with with heaven tonight. And I'm going to pour my oil. And she got born again. Lord, it's it's just $20. And in, in the comparison... $1,000 A thousand dollars is a lot of money compared to 20 dollars, but it's just 20 dollars. It's not, "I want to write a check for a thousand, but God all I have is 20. Just sow the seed and watch God multiply it. Not only will He multiply the 20 to be a thousand, he'll multiply the 20 in your life a hundredfold. So we've got to sow the seed. Don't stay focused on what you don't have. he told her to go get the vessels go gather not just a few verse 4 and when you come in to the house you shall shut the door i need a <laughs> it's it's easier to do this than it is this it's funny when you come in you'll shut the door behind you and your sons, and you'll pour into all the vessels and set aside the full ones. Shut the door on doubt. Don't allow, don't allow doubt in your house. Don't allow doubt in your house. Now this can come in the form of people who want to tell you, "Well, I, that's just the foolish, the foolish thing I've ever heard. Why do you want Tupperware? Your husband is dead. Are you planning a funeral meal? That's the silliest thing I've ever heard. We'll send you flowers, but you don't need my Tupperware. Thank you very much. Why do you need all those bowls? All you've got is a little oil. And your kids are getting ready to be sold off into slavery. (coughs) Shut the door on doubt. Don't allow... People into your home that are going to influence. There are plenty of people that are going to tell you what you can't do, why you can't do it. Listen, you know, Heather mentioned the complaint. Who cares about all those people? Who cares about the people who tell you you can't do Nine of Hope? Who cares about the people who tell you you can't reach the Great Lakes? We are. Who, Who cares about... All of those details. Well, you just got a few little, you know, you you're not a mega church, so, so, there's nowhere in Scripture that told me that we had to have 600 people before we could reach the Great Lakes. The world was turned upside down with 120. I don't. God is not into that. He just says, "Give me what you have. You don't have to have a million dollars." It's nice, but it's not required. You don't have to have all of the resources. And let me tell you, if you have a million dollars, God's going to tell you to give you give six. He's going to always go above and beyond what you have, because what you have does not require faith. What he wants to do is supernatural. Supernatural. He wants to come and bring his miraculous power into your natural power. He wants to empower you to work miracles and do the supernatural. So if that's the case, then he's always going to ask more than what you have. Shut the door on doubt. Get rid of the unbelief and say, God, here's what I've got. I've got a jar of oil. I've got five loaves and two fish. I've, I, I, I've just got my worship, but, but I'll bring it before you and begin to see what God does with that. <clears throat> so shut the door, you and your sons, and begin to pour out all the, the oil. Set aside the full ones. Now that's, that's an interesting statement. I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time there yet, but, but he says set aside the full ones. That's funny that Elisha had to give her that level of instruction. Put the full ones aside. You're only going to put oil in the empty vessels. say, Pastor, where are you going with this? I want you to just think about this. Why on earth would he have to give her such level of instruction? Take the oil. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to take the oil, you're going to pour the oil, fill up that vessel, stop pouring the oil, put the cap on the vessel, put the vessel aside, get an empty vessel, pour the oil. Do you see the method there? Why would that happen? The woman needed to take time to watch the miracle take place. She needed to watch. She needed to observe the miracle. You see, sometimes we can get so busy about doing what God's called us to do. We can get so busy pouring out the oil that we miss all of the jars that have been filled. We, we get busy about pouring out, well, there's another empty vessel. There's another empty vessel. There's another ministry. There's another. There's a tithe. There's an offering. There's a worship. There's a. Sharing the gospel, there's a neighbor, there's, and we get so busy about what we're doing that we miss what God has done in the moment. We're faithful, we're obedient. I, I'm talking to a room full of people this morning that are faithful to the house of the Lord. Uh, obviously, you're here on, on Spring Forward Sunday I'm, I'm talking to people who are faithful, who are busy about God's kingdom. They're pouring out the oil. But if we're not careful, we'll miss the miracle in the moment. Every moment, just those little moments where the woman says, well, I can get born again next month. And the the light of the gospel illuminates our heart and says today is the day of salvation. We miss the miracle in that. We can get so busy about it. The the, the moments of worship, even that we've had today, where people have been ministered to. Miracles have been released. Breakthroughs are happening. If we're not careful, we can miss the miracle in the moment. And Elisha says, I don't want you to get in a hurry. I want you to take your time and watch as the vessels get filled and set aside the full ones. <coughs> Excuse me. I want you to watch. I want you to watch as the vessels fill up. I want you to watch. Now, now I, I'll, I've said this before, and I'll probably preach this in the future. You've got to have empty vessels you got to have some empty vessels. How did the oil know to stop flowing? I asked this last week. How did the oil know to stop flowing? It didn't. It stopped flowing when the vessels stopped coming. You've got to have empty vessels. If God's given you a word, you got to find some empty vessels to begin to pour into. If God's told you to share your faith, you got to find somebody and begin to share your faith. If God's told us to reach the Great Lakes region, then you've got to bring in the empty vessels and fill the church with empty vessels. Otherwise, the word won't go forward. We can have a great vision. We can have a great word. We can have a great culture. We can have great direction from the Lord. But it never translates outside these walls because there's no empty vessels. Do you hear me this morning? I'm just trusting the Lord's digging deep this morning. Y'all are quiet on me this morning. You haven't had enough Starbucks, I can tell right now. (coughs) There's people who are hurting that are broken, that need the oil, that need the Holy Ghost, that need the word of the Lord. There are people around this building living in the neighborhoods all around us. There are people in Akron and Stowe and the falls there are people in cleveland there are people in canton that need the gospel message they need to hear you're not going you don't have to continue being in debt you don't have to continue being in in depression you don't have to continue in death there's life and there's liberty for you there's a church with the difference in akron ohio there's a there's a church with a difference that has has a supernatural power that can See you liberated and set free. If you'll just yield. If you'll come in and be filled. Change is going to happen. You've got to find those empty vessels. What are the vessels? Who are the vessels that God's placed around you? You have been filled up. And you've been set aside. If, if, I, if I can just go a little bit further here. The vessels had been set aside. They had been consecrated, they had been appointed for a purpose they had been filled up they hadn't been filled up just to take up room on a shelf the vessels the vessels that had been filled up weren't just put aside so her sons could put them on a shelf somewhere oh look at our oil isn't that nice oil we didn't have oil but now we have a whole stock of oil we're still in debt We're still dealing with daddy's death, but we got oil. We got a house full of it, man. We went and got everybody's vessels. We we went and got everybody's, we borrowed Tupperware. We got some good Tupperware. Look at that Tupperware. We got the it's some of those pieces are new. Look at the oil in that stuff. Tupperware ought to pay me a royalty fee for advertising for them. (coughs) Look at that, look at that oil. And yeah, that's good stuff. No, that's not why the vessels were... They had been set apart. They had been consecrated for a particular use. We find that if you keep reading in the story, the woman goes to Elisha's house and says, Hey, we filled up all these vessels with oil. What do we do? In other words, you've set them aside for this season. You've consecrated them. You've set them apart For a reason. They've been appointed for a purpose. You're going to go sell them, get your money, and pay off your debt, and then you and your children will live on the rest. They had a purpose. You have a purpose. The Holy Spirit is saturating and filling your life, not so that you can just sit on a pew and everyone come to church on Sunday and Wednesday and admire your oil. Oh, you got nice oil in you. It's real clean, it's real oily. You've been filled up and set apart for a purpose. There's an anointing oil that's flowing in your life. Just as you have been poured into, the vessel needs to be, go, be, be taken out and sold and put to use and accomplish its purpose. There's an anointing. There's an oil in your life that needs to leave these four walls and be put to use for the Master's work. That the the debt can be paid. That people can be ministered. What happened? So that they could come back, pay off their debt, and they could live on what was being poured out. Oh, y'all missed it. There's a pouring into your life so that you can go pour out. And the result of that is that there's a family of God that's living on the oil you're pouring out. What happens when you have a vessel <coughs> What happens when you have a vessel? You pour oil in it, you fill up the vessel. You go give that bowl to somebody else, and they pour out the oil out of that bowl, and they bring it back to you, and what do you do? Fill it back up. Then that bowl goes out and dumps its oil, comes back. And what do you do? Fill it back up with oil and goes out. Are you seeing? The example here that God is giving us in His Word for the power of the church. That we are doing life together, church life together, community together. In that process, we are being filled up. We are being saturated with the oil of heaven. And we are being set apart, consecrated for a purpose. And it's to go out and pour out on someone else the oil that you've received. Isn't it interesting? Let me just take note. I'm going to throw this at somebody, so I'm going to set that down. Not meaning to. I'll just accidentally, whoop, there it went. (coughs) Somebody got the oil today. Hallelujah. (coughs) Isn't it interesting that this woman who came, not Bible, the woman who came to to Hope Center, she had a word, oil got in her. The oil of the Word, the oil of the Holy Ghost got on the inside of her and she began to pour out the oil in someone else's life. She didn't even understand the full ramifications of what she was saying. All she knew is that if I stand in my mountain and believe in my heart and speak to this thing, it's going to move. It was just simple. It was that simple for her. And she stood at her mountain and spoke, and within a week of hearing that message, her family calls her, and they're restored. It's really that simple. And she had to tell everybody else the oil, the word, that she was getting. She began to pour out. It's that simple. We make it so hard. We make it so complex. Well. What kind of oil do we need to have? This is Giant Eagle kind of oil, Mediterranean blend. We've got to have the right vessel. It's got to look the right way. We've got to do it oh so neatly so that we don't make a mess with the oil. We don't want to spill it anywhere. And heaven forbid that the, the, the containers that are over here, they get too excited. We don't want them getting way excited and dropping their oil. You know, we don't want them. You know, and we try to we, we make it so complex Well, that vessel looks better than that vessel. So I think we should send that one out first because it looks nicer. We got to have the right image. Does anybody hear me this morning? Let me ask you, do you got oil? Is there oil in your life? If you say no to that, we've got a solution for you this morning. It's right here. Good old Giant Eagle brand oil. We'll fill you up before you go. Is there oil in your life? I'm joking. Is there oil in your life? Yes, there is oil. Begin to pour out. It may not look like much, but you have been consecrated and set apart as a vessel unto the Lord's use. And when you leave these walls, sell the oil, use the oil. Now listen, that tells me something. I was not going to preach this. I had a whole other message. I, I do you can ask the media team. I had a whole nother message prepared. They're probably wondering, where are you going? <clears throat> he did not say, go go give the oil to whoever you want. Go do whatever you want with the oil. He said, go sell the oil. Who buys oil? Who buys oil? People who want to cook. People who want to go in the oil industry. People who need it. People who are hungry. Y'all are with me this morning. You're tracking. I hear it. I hear it. The Holy Spirit's lighting things up in your heart right now. That's good. He did not say, go waste your oil. He said, go find the people who need it, who are out looking for it, who want what you've got. One of the most frustrating things you can do with your time is trying to convince someone who doesn't want Christ why they need Christ. Let me tell you why you need my oil. See all these watches and that's what you look like. Let me give you one of these. And they're looking at you saying, What are you trying to peddle? I don't want what you have. I didn't come to buy a watch. I don't need a watch. But there are people who are around you who want what you have, who need the oil that's on the inside of you. Find them, find those people. I don't want to invest my time in people who don't want to follow. If I try to make somebody follow, I'm going to be miserable. Not only am I going to be miserable, they're going to be miserable. And they're going to end up leaving, frustrated, aggravated. Don't make people try to do something they don't want to do. You're not the Savior. Let the Holy Spirit illuminate what He needs to illuminate in their heart, let the Holy Spirit work in their heart. I, I got a word for somebody this morning. You've been ministering to somebody who's in and out, in and out, up and down, around. They've been around the merry-go-round so many times, they walk funny. And you've been looking at them thinking, why can't you get it? Stop going around the same mountain. And, and what you look like is, sorry, Tony, let me pour my oil, take my oil. <laughs> Take the word, take the Holy Ghost. If they want to go around the merry-go-round, let them go around. At some point, they're going to fall off that thing and realize this is not effective. At some point, the Holy Spirit is going to illuminate their mess and they don't want to go to someone who's trying to jam oil down their throat. They're looking for it. They need it. They want it, but they're not going to go to somebody who's trying to push something on them all the time. Are you hearing me? I'm just trying to share the word this morning. I don't mean to offend you. But but I I just want you to know that if you're trying to minister to someone this morning who seems to keep going around the mountain and, and they don't seem to want what you've got, don't try to force it. Spend your time, spend your effort, spend your energy on selling the oil to people who want it. And how do you identify those people? They're looking. They're putting themselves in a place. They may not know it. But they're putting themselves. They may not fully realize it, what they're doing. But they're putting themselves in a place. The work of God is Drawing them in and luring them in to a place where they're looking for oil. They come in tonight Night of Hope. They approach you at your job and ask you for prayer and ask you questions about what you believe. There are people who are around you who, who, who talk uh, and want to talk to you about your faith, want to talk to you about what you believe. There are people around you that, that, are, that are looking. Do you hear me this morning? They're looking. Sell your oil. Now, again, I was not planning on staying here. I'm, I'm laughing internally at the Holy Spirit this morning because I, I really was not planning on staying on this verse. When you sell something, if you're going to go sell something, you gotta you, you gotta know your audience. You gotta go who you gotta know who you're selling to. They have to want what you're selling, right? Not only do they have to want what you're selling. But you have to make it presentable. If, if Mandy's trying to sell me clothes and they have holes in them, I'm probably not going to buy them. Do you hear me? If you're telling me that the oil that you have, the Jesus that you have, the Holy Ghost that you have can change my life, but you're not living it, I don't want your oil. <laughs> if I go to the doctor and the, and the doctor says, I want to give you XYZ medication, and I go online or go to another pharmacist or something and say, hey, what is this medication going to do? And it says, oh, risk of death. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm probably not going to take that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll just believe God. We'll, do, we'll just do something different. Do you have something else, doctor? And we treat the word of God the same. Oh yeah, I got oh I I got touched by the Lord on Sunday. Whoa. I was shaking and rattling and rolling all over the floor. And the next thing they hear is you cursing or gossiping or lying or don't shout me down. How's how's that oil working for you? You got the giant eagle brand, you didn't get the Holy Ghost brand. let him change you let the let the oil affect you and when you go to sell people will buy because they've watched the change in your life they've seen how the oils affected you they've seen what God's done in your life as you've been transformed by saturating in his presence Oh, I love saturating. Don't get me wrong. I love saturating. I need to saturate. I've got, believe me, i got issues. That's my wife. i got issues that I need to saturate. i got to keep saturating. But saturation is no excuse to live like the devil. Well, I'm, I'm still a work in progress. Well, bless God you are. <laughs> is this helping anybody this morning? Let's keep going. I feel the Holy Spirit say so I can move on now. <laughs> pour, pour into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went. She went from him. Can I just, can I pause there for a moment? Again, it's not in my notes. It's okay. She went from him. Pastor, can you pray for me? Pastor, can you come to the hospital for me? Pastor, can you fix it? Pastor, can you tell my neighbor about Jesus? Pastor, can you pray for my neighbor? Pastor, can you do... Pastor, 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 pastor. No. No. I will not I love you but no you is not a baby I will not allow you to continue to be a baby Okay. my job is to equip you my job is to equip you to do the work of the ministry My job is to equip you to pour the oil. My job is to equip you to go minister. (laughs) My job is to equip you. I'm pouring oil. Oh, yeah, I'm going to keep pouring oil. I'm not going to stop. I love the oil. And I have an abundant supply. I have so much oil. We we good. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the one who supplies it. It's an abundance. It's in an abundance. (laughs) We have oil for as many vessels as you want to bring. We'll pour, we'll pour, we'll pour. But let me tell you, this woman had to leave the prophet and go do something herself. She had to take responsibility for the word that she was given and do something with it. I can stand up here every week and preach the word and I'm going to do that. I'm going to preach the uncompromised word of God. I'm going to give you scripture after scripture after scripture. I, I'm not going to back down. I, I, people can go whatever direction they want in the world. Churches can go whatever direction they want and be whatever they want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. So I'm going to, I, I, even if it's not okay with you, I'm still going to do it. Okay, so I'm just going to tell you. It's just how it is. I'm going to preach the word. But you've got to leave here and do something with it. Yes. You've got to study what God is saying. What has God spoken to you through his word? What word did God make alive to you today in your heart? Leave here and do something with it. If God speaks to you his word concerning selling the oil and you've got a house full of it and haven't done anything with it, then good golly, go sell the oil. And do something. Leave here and go sell the oil. Go find somebody who's looking for oil and tell them, I got a bunch. (laughs) I haven't been doing anything with this oil. I got a lot. (laughs) I can do something. You got to take responsibility for the word that's been given to you. You've got to go door to door. Get your vessels and go shut yourself and your sons in the house and begin to pour the oil. And when you do that, miracles are going to happen. I cannot make you walk into a miracle. I want you to understand what I've been telling you about your mountains moving. I, 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 I can't, how many testimonies do you have to hear about people who have received the word, who have tithed, who have sown their seed, and watched breakthrough? You can give your way out of debt. I'm telling you, it's biblical. You can give your way out of financial bondage. I'm telling you, it's possible. I'm not telling you something that's not unscriptural. We've watched it happen. We've watched it happen. People who have started with pennies, who have progressed, who have just given little by little by little, and God's blessing on their little becomes much. It's... it I, can't make, I can't make you walk into a miracle. you got to sow your seed. I can't, I can't make you walk in healing. I can't make you walk in the, in the promises of redemption. I can't make you walk. There are some times I wish I could. There are some times I wish I could just grab your head and hold it under. Drink. <laughs> drink, baby, drink. But I can't. But if you'll leave here and you'll take the word of the Lord and you'll hear that the man of God, that God's placed in your house, the man of God will, is preaching the word. How many of you say, I'm, I'm a man of God? Oh, boy. How many of you would say, I should ask that again. I'm asking for a response. How many of you would say, I'm a man of God, appointed in this house? Amen. Now, if you'll take, I don't mean that arrogantly. I'm just saying it's just the truth. I recognize the call of God and where he's placed me. If you'll take what God is speaking and you'll live it out in your life, you'll be like this woman who shut the door in her house with her kids and began to pour the oil and see miracles happen. And what happened? She came back to the prophet. Hey, you left. (laughs) Yeah, I did. You don't need me. You have the word. That's all you need. We'll pray for you. We'll preach the word. We'll impart something into your life. And then it's up to you. If you'll do it, God's faithful. If not, not my fault. But don't be surprised if I go on about my business because there's plenty of other vessels that need, there are plenty of other widows who need a word of God and plenty of other vessels that need to be filled. We're just going to keep going. Doesn't mean I'm not ignoring you. You need to get busy about the word of God and what he spoke to your life. And when you've done it, come back. You'll come back. What do I do with all this? (laughs) I love it. She comes back. He leaves and she comes back to the prophecy. They're all full. I started with that. Now they're all full. What do I do? What do I do with all this? Wow, pastor, what you said was right. Go figure. I didn't know that. You're actually telling me the truth. And can I tell you something? Don't let excuses keep you from the promise. I love, you know, Kathy was sharing on, on our, one of our leadership walls or something somewhere. And I picked up on it in, in the middle of all the messages that come through. And she felt called. We're, we're doing a bunch of missions trips this year, a couple different missions trips. And she wanted to go to New Orleans on the missions trip there. She was believing God to go. But, you know, when she first heard about it, she was excited. And then, how many of you know, fear set in. The word God spoke, a word she was going to go. And the first thing the devil wants to do is sow doubt and fear. And, and he did. Uh, I don't know. And then she heard the word from the preacher. And then she went to the meeting based on the word that she heard from the pastor. And she felt like she needed to go. And she said, okay, God, I'll go. But I don't have the money to pay the deposit to say I'm going. Ever been there? God, you said. Now the next step. Right, we, I went to the meeting. First baby step. Now i gotta, I got to pay money. And I ain't got no money. You said go. So I'm walking. I'm baby stepping this out. You said she has a conversation with a couple of people that she knows about what what she feels called to do. Lo and behold, she has the money for the deposit to say she's officially going. Now the next, the very next thing the enemy's going to do is say, "Well, did God really say?" I mean, after all, you got to raise what fifteen hundred dollars to go. You really don't have that. I mean, really, is that did God really say you're just silly? You're just wishful thinking. I mean, after all, you just want to go to New Orleans to see New Orleans. You just want to go to have fun. I know you all aren't shouting me down right now, but you know exactly what I'm talking about. Because you've been there, God spoke to you a word, and you stepped out, you took a step, say, okay, God. And then the very next thing, the reality sets in the reality of, oh my goodness, I'm walking on the water, Peter. Can I, can I share something about that is that is it okay if I just take a minute to share something about peter when when, when peter we we give Peter a hard time Peter sank, he got out of the boat and he's sinking we give him a hard time he's sinking he's the loud mouth sinking fool I mean he's always telling everybody where to go and cursing and he's just a mess, and yet Jesus was the one that said, on you, I will build my church anyway, enough of that but God just does miracles with impossible situations. You, you, you can do the impossible. Did you know that? You can believe the unbelievable and do the impossible. Yes, you can. I know some of you are looking at me like that. I don't know. You, can, you can do the impossible and believe the unbelievable. Everything in our Christianity is based on that. Peter, let me get back to him. He gets out of the boat. He gets out of the boat, and the first thing he sees is what? Waves. (laughs) He sees Jesus and waves. Reality sets in. Jesus, I got out of the boat, but it is rain. It's water. You can't walk on water. Jesus, you said get out. I got out, but it's water. I can't walk. I'm going to drown. I don't know how to swim going to drown i'm going to drown you ever been there and you feel yourself sinking in the reality of the situation you have shifted from faith to your natural senses faith doesn't operate according to our natural senses we give peter a hard time but when jesus put him back in the boat what what did jesus say you a little faith i'll take that little faith I'll take that little faith because that little bit of faith got him out of the boat and got him walking on the water. We give Peter a hard time about sinking, but my goodness, he had enough faith to get out of that boat and hold him up on the water. I don't know about you, but I haven't walked on water lately. So my faith must be a lot smaller than Peter's because, you know, he walked on water. And Jesus said, you a little faith. Peter's Peter's faith had to mature, though. See, there was coming a day where Peter's faith had to move from just walking on the water to receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit and standing up on the day of Pentecost and preach, and 3,000 people got born again. His faith had to mature for what God had called him to. That's why God doesn't always say to you, like He said to this woman, God doesn't always say to you right up front, This is what you're going to do. Either the oil, or you're going to just set aside the vessel. Set aside, what am I going to do with all these oil vessels? Set them aside. We'll cross that bridge when you get there. The first thing you've got to do is pour the oil. The first thing you've got to do is get that blasted oil jar and begin to pour it out. Get the vessels, get, get vessels, and begin to pour. And once you've done that, then we'll take care of the next step. We want to get three, four, five, or six steps down the road. We want to know God's end game when he's saying, just pour the oil. Just pour the oil. Get the vessels and pour the oil. We'll deal with the next step when you get there. That might be why Elisha left. He'd been down this road before. He wondered how long it was going to take her to do it. Uh Uh-huh, we'll see if she actually does it. I'll go in my office and see if they actually respond to the word of the Lord. (laughs) We'll hang out. And he was waiting until she did step one and two. And then once God fulfilled that, did that, and she was obedient, she came back and said, okay, now what? And God gave her what was next. Stop trying to figure out, well, I'm pouring out my oil and, I'm pouring out my oil, and I'm pouring out my oil, and nothing's happening. Because all you're supposed to be doing right now is pouring your oil. Don't misjudge the season that God has you in. Can I say that again? Don't misjudge the season that God has you in. If He has you in a season of pouring oil and consecrating vessels, then pour oil and set aside the vessels. Once the vessels are full and there's no more vessels, then it will be time to sell the oil. But until then, keep pouring the oil. Keep pouring the oil. Wait for God to change the season. Don't try to change it yourself. It doesn't work. You're going to get frustrated and God's just going to stand there and continue to laugh. Because he's a happy God. He's not laughing at you. He's just laughing because he knows what's coming. He's in control. Just chill. Just enjoy the season you're in. See, this woman had to get her eyes off of the death and the debt. And get focused on the word of God. It was a step-by-step process. When you've been in debt and brokenness and bondage for so long, that's all you see. That, that, that world, the old world of how it was, that's all you know. The addiction, the brokenness, the hurt. You relive it, you relive it, you relive it. That's all you know. And one word contained everything she needed for her to be liberated. One word contained everything she needed to be set free. That one word, pour the oil, what's in your house, that one word contained everything she needed for the rest of that season for her and her sons to get freedom and to take care of themselves the rest as long as they lived. She was the first Texaco. She was ready. That one word, some of you will get that when you go home later. This is is an oil-filled industry, so people have no idea what I'm talking about. (coughs) People in Louisiana would laugh. They knew exactly what I'd talk about. she was the first oil connoisseur. And her and her family had enough to live on. That word contained everything she needed. But she had to change from living the old life. She had to stop looking at the word of the creditor. I'm coming after your sons. She had to get her eyes and ears off what the creditor was saying. And focus in on what God was saying. Does it mean that what the creditor was saying was not valid? Let me tell you something. If you are in debt, you've got creditors chasing you down, whatever the case might be, their word is very real. <laughs> and you probably are well aware of what they're saying. You're well aware of the doctor's report, you're well aware of what everybody else is saying. Yeah, ma, 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 ma. But you got to get your eyes and ears off of what they're saying and begin to zero on what is God calling to. doesn't mean that I'm ignoring them. I've got to come back and deal with that. doesn't mean that I'm ignoring them and I'm not ever going to see them or deal with that. God's going to deal with your debt. God's going to deal with the depression. God's going to deal with the the circumstance. He's not ignoring it. He'll either cancel it or He's going to pay it off one way or the other. He's going to deal with it. Whatever that situation is, he's going to deal with it. But he's got to get you into a place of faith and receiving. He's got to get you into a place of believing and receiving, that you've got to go shut yourself in the door, tune everybody else out and begin to believe and receive, and then we'll deal with that. Is this helping anybody this morning? Let me give you an example of this. Let me give you an example. It was two weeks ago, three weeks ago. I don't know when it was now. It's not been that long ago. But we received a report about little Isaiah. Isaiah and his mom, Charnay, had been coming to our church, been a part of Night of Hope. About three or four months ago, Isaiah, he's had, he's had glioblastoma in his brain, and it's, it's gone away. They, treat, they treated it, it went away, it came back. Treated it, went away, came back. They go to New York for treatments. Most recently, they had went away to New York for treatments. We hadn't seen him in a while, because they had his brain, the entirety of his brain, except for the small portion of your brain that controls your breathing and bodily functions, the entirety of his brain was damaged. They had him. I went to the hospital. They had him hooked up to all sorts of machines, trying to they had video cameras. they had wires. They had you name it. They had it on him, even assisting with breathing and I mean, they everything. It's heartbreaking to see this little eight year old, 11 year old, 10 all hooked up. I mean, that's not the sight you want to see. On, I forget the days, it all runs together now, but I went in, saw them, talked to the family Talked to the nurses, talked to the doctor, heard all the stories, heard the reports, understood what was happening. understood the only thing that was going to change this situation is a miracle. For all intents and purposes, according to the doctors, he was brain dead. And the only thing that was keeping him alive was just the little part of his brain that had been, not been damaged they scheduled an MRI. And they said they wanted to schedule an MRI to see if there was any brain function. They knew what the result was gonna be, you know, per to the doctors, but and I have friends that work at children's, and so we were just having conversation outside of what was happening, and and, and literally the message was it's The only thing that's going to help is a miracle. So they scheduled the MRI, and I went up to the hospital the the day of the MRI, the morning of the MRI. And I got there, and I, you know, you walk into situations like that as a pastor, and it can go one of two ways. Either family's going to be devastated, and you're coming in to console the family, or they're in a place of faith, and you're walking through that with the family. And I walked in and mom, the, the, the cleaning lady was in there cleaning the bed and everything was removed while they had him at MRI. Housekeeping was in there cleaning the room. But mama was on her knees at the, at the couch. She was declaring scripture, praying. And noise gets heard. This woman was told... She was broke, busted, and disgusted. <laughs> nah, nothing good's going to happen. You you ain't got no money. We don't want to deal with you. You can just go, go, go on. Nobody wanted to see her. No one wanted to look at her. No one wanted to help her. But she was passionate. She had a word that she was going to be liberated. She had a word that she was going to be set free. And so there was that passion on the inside of her rose up and she began to go to her neighbors and make a little bit of noise she began to go to her neighbors say I need your your buckets I need your bowls I need your vessels if it can hold oil I need it if it can hold oil I need what you got I need to borrow and she began to borrow all these vessels she went around town the people who didn't want anything to do with her now all knew. She was certifiably insane because she was asking for everybody's vest. Her husband died. Now she wants everybody's Tupperware. They knew something was wrong. But she made some noise. It didn't matter what anybody thought. She was going to make some noise. And that noise got attention. When you're facing the situation in your life, your family, whatever it is, you're going to have to make some noise. You're going to have to open up your mouth and release the word of the Lord. You need to find somebody who can agree with you. Your neighbors may not agree with you. Your family may not agree with you. But you need to find somebody who's going to believe with you and say, God said we're going to agree. We want to make some noise together. Me and my sons, her and her kids had to make some noise they had to come into agreement and begin to speak what God said they had to begin to declare the word of the Lord I, I, can I just take it a step further some of you you're, when you're in the middle of when you're in the middle of death and despair and destruction when you're in the middle of it the last thing you think you've got is a voice am I right? When you're in the middle of the expanse, when you're in the middle of the expanse of the universe and you feel like everything's spinning around you, the last thing you think you have is the ability to say something that's going to generate enough sound vibration that's going to be heard in the middle of the storm. It's storming out. It's an expanse sound. If I Even if I did say something, nobody's going to hear it anyway am i right but when you have the word of the lord and his passion on the inside of you if you'll just begin to speak that that expanse needs to hear the word of god oh my goodness i got something do you remember when god looked at the expanse in the darkness in genesis chapter 1 where there was nothing it was without void it was without form it was void there was nothing And in the expanse, in the vastness of everything that was happening, God said, let there be light. And there was light. God has a habit of speaking into the expanse. When you begin to release His Word, it will create things in the darkness that you didn't even know was there. You didn't even know it could be possible. If you'll just release the word. You just got to muster up a little bit of passion and, and know the word of God and say, God said, let it be. Yeah. God said it's for me and my house. God said for this sickness. God, that's all I need. It doesn't matter what anybody else says. God said, and I'm going to speak his word. And if God said, let it be, by golly, it's going to happen. Just begin to speak into the expanse and watch as God creates. Amen, amen Why don't you stand Thank you for joining The Celebration Podcast For more information Visit ccacron.org Or call us at 330-762-7458 You can also download The Celebration app From iTunes or the Android store With my father so what?